Hey Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she has a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. Derek and Doug talking all things Disney. And Doug, I'm excited for today's show. We are answering questions. Our listeners' questions. Listener questions. I always like doing this. It's fun. It is. It's definitely different. We get some unique questions. But most of all, we get questions. And a lot of them. The best part is they think we know the answers. We try our best. For sure we do. <laughs> we know some some answers. I don't know. This is like the fifth or sixth one that we've done. Uh-huh. And it's amazing how many more and more questions. So this show might be a little longer. We're going to try and get yeah. to all of them. But yeah. first of all, thank you so much for everyone who did ask something. And if we missed your question, just yell at us on social media yep. because it is possible that when I went through all of the, the things, I might have missed some of the things. Well, you know who we answer right away and they don't have to wait for a show? Who? Our Patreons. We right. answer their questions as soon as they ask them. And so we have another new Patreon. We got to welcome to the Rope Drop Radio community, Jennifer Edmundson. Think I'm saying that right? Uh, thank you so much for being a nether rope dropper, getting bonus episodes, swag, mm-hmm. stuff like that, and getting all your questions asked when you ask them on Patreon. We love going on there and yeah. talking to you guys. So on many Patreon. fun things. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of good yeah. trips coming up with some yeah. of our Patreons. So. And we like to see their pictures of their trips on there. And she is a Dole Whip level. So, I mean, that's great because she likes Dole Whip. That's true. I think that's what that means. You get a point. But yeah, the the best part of the Patreon is you get the after show, which is usually when we're like unwinding. And some of our guests let some more things. Oh yeah, last week was slide. Great. Like I, I think there was some things that yeah. So it's fun. The after show is fun. Okay, moving on, Derek. All right, and also we gotta thank you. We have so many reviews to get to. We're only a couple away from two hundred five star reviews. So if you haven't done that, hopefully it is by this time this episode comes out. We're there. But if you haven't, take a second, click that five stars, and if you want to write a comment, Doug will read your name and your review. Yeah, and if, say you're not an Apple person, you don't have an iPhone, so you take your friend's phone who doesn't listen, you go on their podcast app, subscribe them so they download all of them, and review from their phone. So that's how you get around it, Android users. Problem solved. That's what I do, Derek. I solve problems. So every one of your dental patients that come in, you just take their phone and download a few well, episodes? Well, I mean, and... when they, like, set it on the counter or it, like, falls out of their pocket onto the ground, first of all, that's how we make our real money in dentistry is we collect the change off of the ground from leaning them backwards. But, yeah, I, before I hand it back to them, I subscribe to Rope Drop Radio. I like it. It's good. It's the gift that just keeps giving. All right, let's get to those let's reviews, Let's get on Doug. it. We weren't going to ramble today, Derek. No, <laughs> we got questions to get to. All right, so here it is. First review title, Micah, please move to Florida with us. By Stupid Kangaroo. 
I like it. I like that one. I can pronounce it too. Yeah. All right. Love listening to these guys while I'm knocking tree work out of the park. Both Derek and Doug are thoughtful and intuitive and whatever they're discussing. Tons of great advice, especially for doing Disney parks with kids. 10 out of 10 podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Kangaroo. That's right. They're kangaroo. All right. Moving on. Entertaining and informative by Co. Teddy Bear. Company Teddy Bear. I don't know. Co. Teddy Bear. Co. Teddy Bear. We'll go like with that. I think company. But go, yeah, okay. Just like we have to share Teddy Bear, Doug. I get it. All right. Very useful info on managing your trip to WDW. Short and sweet and to the point. I like that. It's awesome. And then, last but not least, for new and seasoned Disney files, by listening while running. So hopefully you're having a good jog and not out of breath too much. All right, listeners can learn something new to make your next trip different and or better. That's what we're after. I really hope what people get from each episode is one or two little pearls that they can take with them on the trip and help something different, something better. I love it. I love it. I agree. I think this is one of those episodes where we have a lot of pearls because we have a lot of questions we got to get to. <sighs> okay. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready if We're you just going to dive in. We got Yeah, let's let's do it. We'll start with the uh, ones asked via Twitter, both in the message and on Twitter. So, starting with JC Shoemaker. What ride scares you the most? So, scares me to go on is probably mission space orange but that's like i'm never gonna go on that so if we're going scary rides derek it's a toss i think tough to be a bug is the scariest attraction at disney world Uh, i have to agree with you i was taking you took my answer because oh i'm sorry i I was on tough to be a bug right when it came out at disneyland in california adventure Mm -hmm. and the stinging i mean i was i don't know 16 17 at the time scared the bejeebas out of me that i have not done it i think we did it maybe one time since then so if you're slightly evil like myself uh and you have nothing better to do while people are in line for everest you go to tough to be a bug and just sit in the back and you watch the house of horrors that it is for small children because not only is it dark not only are most kids scared of bugs I mean, there's spiders jumping out of the ceiling. Oh, yeah. There's things crawling under your butt. There's a stinger in your back, and it's dark, and then there's Hopper, and it is it is frightening. And the screaming and crying is incredible. Every time. I wish we had different answers, but we do agree on that we, one. I, I, dinosaur's probably close. Dinosaur's up there. I'm wondering what our listeners think, so we'll have to ask about, that one on uh, social media. What if you media? have to pick something scary at the Magic Kingdom? Uh, is there anything scary? Astro Orbiter, because it gets a little high and I get more, dizzy. A little more G-forces. Yeah, compared. It's I, not I Dumbo. No. It's, it's a little not bit, Dumbo. I don't know why. I can't. I get sick on that one. I don't think I'll ever do it again. Like, Space Mountain is not scary. No, not at all. They got rid of scary adventures with Snow White. Well, I was going to say Lilo and or, uh, Stitch. Stitch that is That had great some scare when it went dark, but it's gone. Uh-huh. I, I don't... Yeah, it's not... The Magic Kingdom, it's hard to get... Scary. Haunted Mansion's probably scary for some people. Yeah. They are talking about ghosts. I don't know. I mean, there's got to be something scary at Magic Kingdom. Uh, the crowds. The it crowds? scares me every time. 
the the new fake hot dog they'll come out with at Casey's Corner. Yep, exactly. Some of the food can scares me definitely. At... Usually the seasonal hamburger at Cosmic Rays. Uh, I had that this last I, time. It was gross. I did it during the incredible summer where they yep. put two like cheese sticks or mozzarella sticks on the burger. Oh, I think I was sick for. Yeah. All right. We weren't going to ramble. All right. So let's get to uh, Ashley Phelps asks two questions. Best hotel for your resort only stay and favorite non-park activities. She's heading back for the rival run and needs to save her legs until race day. So, Doug, best hotel for resort only stay. I think not going in the parks, right? Uh, What do you think, Derek? I'll let you go first. I think this one's simple because what I thought was kind of you're wanting that all-inclusive, that sandals-type feeling. And for there, I went the poly. I feel like there's a lot to do at that resort for resort-only stay, dinner shows, great restaurants, and uh, you can see fireworks from Mm, the beach area. And it has a really good pool. Plus, you get Dole Whip and Tambu Lounge uh, all-in-one So and Trader Sam's. So I think that one would be... My favorite resort for resort-only stay. That is a fantastic answer. And if you're there. bored, you can just do a monorail loop a couple times. Go check out the other resorts on the loop. That is true. The problem with the poly for me is I can see the Magic Kingdom. And you want to go. And I'd want to yep. go, right? So I was thinking Animal Kingdom Lodge. That was That's um, a good one as well. It's a little more laid back than the poly, I would say. You don't have the dinner show. Because you do have the luau you could do over there. and um, But you still have Boma for a buffet. You got several other high-end dining. You got good quick service. I think that's all on par with what you have at the Poly. I mean, it's not Ohana, but it works. Um, but the animals and all the other activities they got going on. The pool's fantastic as well. Um, so I think that's the other really good option. I think those two, those I like gr- Yeah, I like it. I like and what is your there. favorite non-park activity? Well, probably sleeping, but uh, nobody wants to hear that. Um, boy, it's not the pool. I'm going to be honest because it's just kids annoy me, especially ones that aren't mine because um, I'm a grumpy old man. Derek, I don't know that I have a favorite non-park activity. There's got to be something. I eating? Would, if, if probably she, eating. If she wasn't trying to save her legs, I would say Disney Springs. One of my favorite things to go yeah. walk around there and enjoy. But if you're saving your legs, just hit up the pool and relax. True. There's a lot I'm of great, yeah. Every resort has a good pool, has uh, some good dining options, uh, sightsee a little bit on there, all the good gift shops. And, and every resort has something special to do. Mm-hmm. Whether they have it be an outdoor, yeah, an outdoor yeah. movie or something like that. And yeah. Animal Kingdom Lodge has a few more than the others with the animals involved. So if I was at Animal Kingdom Lodge, it's definitely just sit on my balcony and watch some animals. Now, Miniature Golf is a good one, too. It's pretty fun. Their courses are neat. Um, but, yeah, she didn't say we had to do this at resorts. So I'd say my na- favorite non-park activity, Derek, is a Disney cruise. Ooh, I like it. There you go. That's it. There you go, folks. All yeah, right. That helped no one. Mike Squarewalker asks, thanks for introducing me to the concept of reverse rope drop. We are going to try that at Epcot after the Rapunzel character breakfast. Any more tips on reverse rope dropping at Epcot? And by the way, we did that show, I don't know, a couple months back. It did really well. And so a lot of people are interested in reverse rope dropping, Doug. Some people aren't like us sometimes. They want to kind of get there halfway through the day. 
Yeah, well, well, go to one park and hop. After yes. dinner, there's. I Epcot's like the one I consistently don't rope drop. I do reverse rope drop too. Reverse rope drop. The general idea is you go to the less busy things when you first arrive, and then you hit up the headliner right at the end of the park day. So you get in line, you know, right at the end. So you're not waiting in line the whole time there. Get in there because if you get in there at like say. Is this guy, is he saying after dinner or after breakfast? He said after. After character breakfast, yep. So after, yeah. So at so 10, after 11 breakfast. o'clock. Yeah, so if you go get in line for test track, you're going to wait the absolute longest time or Soren or um, Frozen. So you want to go, what you'd want to do there is go watch the new movie in the land. Maybe do Living with the Land. Canada's Nemo, got a new Picnic, movie. Canada. You hit up those things and then especially in future world, the lines will diminish. Then you hit up your um, Soren test track. And maybe you can even snag a fast pass for something like that um, to do one of those. So yeah, reverse rope drop is just, you kind of flip it on its head and the closer to the end of the day, you do the headliners, the shorter the line and like Soren or test track, you just jump in the line right at the end of the day and works out pretty good. If you're going during a festival time, that's always a good time to do any of the festival things, some of the sightseeing. If you're going through Festival of the Arts, that's when you do the mural stuff, uh, check out some local artists, that kind of thing as well. Yeah. All right. There you go. Reverse Rope Drop. A better podcast would have told you what episode. Nope. The Reverse Rope Drop You're going to have to go download a bunch and find it. So here we go. You guys got to search for it. Disney for you says, what is your favorite Walt Disney World hotel to stay at? And what is your favorite mode of transportation around Walt Disney World? Well, the first question, Doug, is like picking your favorite child. It really is. Depends on the trip a lot for I me. agree with that. Oh, I really like the Beach Club. Ooh, I'll be uh, there in a week. Yeah, I'm jealous. I really like the Beach Club, but I also... I think Bay Lake Tower, something about it. I really just, I like Bay Lake Tower, um, especially if we splurge and do the one bedroom, which is the only way we can stay there as a family. Um, so it is a splurge, but I like that space of Bay Lake Tower, the proximity to the Magic Kingdom, being able to walk. So to kind of answer the second question before I kick it back to you, Derek, my favorite mode of transportation around Walt Disney World is my feet. Because I don't have to wait for anything to pick me up or drop me off or where they're going to drop me off. I can walk from the Beach Club to Epcot, Beach Club to Hollywood Studios. I can walk from Bay Lake Tower to Magic Kingdom. So there you go. My feet are my okay. favorite. I didn't. I wouldn't have guessed that with you. But uh, all right. My favorite. I don't really have a favorite, but I do have a favorite level. Like I'm a moderate guy. I love Port Orleans, Riverside. I really like Coronado Springs. That one was uh, really good. I enjoyed that. And then, you know what? I, Caribbean Beach wasn't that bad. A great pool, great pool for the kids. So I'm a moderate guy. That's that's where I like to stay. And then my favorite mode of transportation, I'm really liking ride sharing. I think it's great. I don't have to worry about a bus. I don't have to worry about Skyline or monorail sharing with people. I am really into ride sharing now. Uh, I got from our resort to Hollywood Studios in like six minutes. It was great. And what about if your kids are with you though? Oh, how do you? What's your favorite mode then, Derek? Uh, 
probably the bus. We have to do the bus quite a bit. I did. We did do the minivan. The minivan only works for me if you're going from Animal Kingdom to Magic Kingdom or vice versa. It's still expensive. It is. It's a little out of price. So yeah, bus is still the way we go, and we have all the family and the stroller with us. Yeah, you haven't done the Skylander yet. With no, all I haven't. Right? Nope, not so. A couple, yeah. One of my kids have. I have not. Man, man, soon we'll get there. there. We'll soon. get there. So, well, all right. the next question, uh, we'll just jump to Scott Lucas's. What do you prefer, Skyliner or Monorail? Oh, you're. Oh, we're keeping this right in this vein, huh? Yeah. Um, I like the Skyliner better than the Monorail. I haven't done there the Skyliner go. yet, so yeah, I'm actually it's... not a huge Monorail fan anyway. So, I mean, I enjoy it. I think it's kind of like. I'm staying in the contemporary. I have to walk past the entrance to the monorail. I walk past it and walk to Magic Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom. Yep. So that I guess that's my answer. Well, you right did there. like the feet. I did like the feet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Here's a great one from Kent Mullins, UCF Kent, who's been on the show plenty of times. What has been the best unexpected outcome for you guys since you started this podcast? For me, this question is easy, Derek. It's the friendships that we have made with people through the podcast. That 100% my answer. You? I, I agree with that completely. Meeting people like Kent, then just so many listeners we run into. And we've been going on four years. And I remember when this show was like 100 downloads. We're like, yay! Now it's tens of thousands of downloads. Now, if we had a 100 download day, Doug, I might cry. Because um, I'm a numbers it, guy. I would not want to see those text messages because yes. you like panic. It, yeah. What's happening? No, but uh, just, and then when we go down there and we wear the gear and we see other people wearing the gear and tagging us and uh, just meeting people who listen, it's been really a, a humbling experience and I love it. And we've met a lot of you and talked to a lot of you and it's just become a new set of friends and family. Yeah. The friendships that we've gotten out of this have been mm -hmm. wonderful. Um, I don't want to start naming them because then I'll eventually miss have to one. stop. I know I had to I'll, think about that. I'll feel yep. horrible. But yeah, and looking forward to some of the friendships that have only been through social media and in, uh, through Skype when we're recording. I'm looking forward to some of those being face-to-face -face when we go in June for our trip, Derek. I agree. I think we're going to have, have a good time with a few other people at over that weekend. I know I'm trying to meet up with a couple of our listeners. I'll be down there in a week. And I know on Friday, the 31st, we'll be at Hollywood studios. I know there's a couple, a couple. Other, I know there are, there are a few other people. I'll be wearing rope drop radio shirt and hat. So I'll put on Twitter and, and Facebook where we are in the morning while waiting with thousand other friends. And so we'll try to meet up mm -hmm. and hopefully I'll get boarding passes together. There you go. All right. Moving on. Talking about someone that will be there at the same time as you, the next question is from one of those. Yep. Ricardo, assuming you did a rope drop, what's the best window to take a break at each park? And Ricardo, you and I will figure out a way to meet up, definitely for sure, at Hollywood Studios. But I'm probably not going to take a break. My wife Derek's, might. Derek's not the one to answer this. Derek is, nope. will drive his children into the ground kicking and screaming. Because who has time for a nap? Now that you're starting to do longer trips, though, you're starting to see we the did. value We did of one nap on the slide. Well, because I was there <sighs> at Park Open, so I did do one nap, and I saw the value of it. Yeah, and so, like, the longer trips, especially early in the trip, you're, you're a lot better off late in the trip if you work those naps in. It, it depends on the day. It really does, and it depends on park hours. So, like, if you're there stupid early, you're 
break can be earlier because you're tired. We usually eat lunch in the park, use a fast pass, do something right after lunch, and then head out to the resort for our break. And then definitely back in a park or at a restaurant for dinner. Um, That's usually how that works. But like say in September or late January, early February, sometimes park hours, if it doesn't open till 9 and it closes at 7 or 8, you know, you may not have time for a, a real break in there. That's when you but take a break at a sit down, get an ADR. Those are the type of go. breaks I like. Yeah. yeah. Mama My Mama favorite Mama. breaks are the ones where you leave the resort to go to or leave uh, the park to go to a resort that's nearby and do a dining option there. So you're getting out of the resort and you're still getting to sit down, relax characters and go back. That's my kind of rest. Yeah. Cape May is a great one for that. If you do a rope drop at Epcot, do that last, very last uh, reservation. The Topolino's breakfast at the Riviera would be fantastic from Hollywood Studios or Epcot as well as a like a 1050 brunch. Um, It's a good break to your day. And if you need a nap, you go from that break to your room, and there you go. All right. Moving on, Matt asks, do you still stand by your advice from episode 58? He remembers episodes better than oh, yeah. To get oh, a yeah. fast pass for Flight of Passage and Rope Drop Navi. So, yeah, we were like, well, if you have the Flight of Passage fast pass, you should definitely Rope Drop Navi. So the, the thing is, back then, they were opening Pandora a half hour before they're opening everything else. So you could rope drop Navi. You don't even have to be at the front of the crowd. And then you could go get on the rope for Safari or Everest. We did that on our Oh, last yeah, we trip, did. Right? It was great. We double rope dropped. I've done that actually on a couple trips mm-hmm. back when I was new. And so, yeah, you might as well do Navi because you're going to get to the front of the rope for the others because most people are still standing in the Flight of Passage line. If you're going to double rope drop, you have to be at the front for Flight of Passage. Well, now... They're not opening it early anymore, so that advice is no longer good. Now, if you're going to rope drop Flight of Passage, that has to be what you – or uh, Navi, you're picking that over Safari and Everest. Yep. You still can if that's what you want to do. If you've never done it, great, but if you've done it, yeah, I'd go somewhere no, else. Yeah. But you could have a fast pass for Flight of Passage, Safari, and Everest. Yep. Navi is actually probably the next – Best thing to rope drop. What are you going to do? Rope drop dinosaur? That would fill up for a couple hours anyway. So Yeah, so I would do Navi, then dinosaur, triceratops spin, then start of using course your fast you There you go. Everybody needs to go on triceratops spin. And when they do it, they take a picture and tweet it at Kent because he loves it. Yes, he does. All right. Barbara asks, early February, Hollywood Studios rope drop. Want to rope drop Slinky Dog, but also want to sign my kid up for Jedi training. How is Jedi training these days? Well, the harder part is how is Slinky Dog at rope drop these days? Yeah, it's nail on the head, Derek. Nail on the head. I saw it the other day. Park opened 7 a.m. 7.05, it was a 65-minute wait for Slinky Dog. That is ridiculous. It's just stupid. Just And it's true, too. It's not like... It's not inflated, folks. Like, if you're not at the front end of that rope moving forward after the boarding pass is open, you're looking at some real weights, which is unfortunate. Um, Yeah. You got to be at the front. So the key here, 
here's here's this word uh, we're supposed to be talking about Jedi training, aren't we, Derek? Uh, yeah, for the record, so... she can still get Jedi training. You can do a, an attraction or two. Go yes, sign up for Jedi training. It's but... not like back in the day where you had to rope drop no. Jedi. You don't have to, but if you're going to get in the, like, say the line is all the way out by where like Buzz meets in Toy Story Land for Slinky Dog, don't get in that line. Do Toy Story Midway Mania, then go sign up for the earlier shows of Jedi, because if you wait in that hour long line, you may not get a show or you may not get the show you want that fits into your day. They may only have later shows left. So if you're on the front of the rope, and you're in the first, say, 100 people to Slinky Dog. Go for it. Do Slinky Dog, then go do Jedi. If you're not, if you are not near the front, which is a serious thing right now, and I don't know that you can do that with children very easily right now, right? It's a mess. It's a mess. I would just go do Jedi training, be in the first show, because that show starts before all the other shows, what else are you going to do while you're waiting for uh, your boarding group to open with little kids in that park? Jedi training would fill it and you would get it done and out of the way. There's advice I never thought I would give Derek. Okay. Ask for I would still go show. to Star Tours or Midway Mania, something like that. But you yeah, could probably right do now Star it's... Tours right after you sign up. You might as well sign up and pick what show you want. Yeah, that's a good point. It fits your day better. Yeah, that that's... Because it is a significant time commitment because Mm -hmm. you have to be early and then you have to do the show. And then they usually, you know, you got little kids. My kids have done it four or five times. I've got it down. It is a time commitment. So I'd say. You think my kids will be Jedis by now? If you get to Hollywood Studios and you are not within like five to ten people of that tap style, go just go sign up for Jedi training. Okay. Or ride Star Tours, ride. Um, Toy Story Mania, then sign up for it. That's fine too. Gloria asks, we are planning a vacation to Walt Disney World in May. Do you think May 7th through 11th or 14th through 18th would be less crowded? Trying to figure out if cheer competitions are going to make a difference. It's a good one, Derek. Talking about two different weeks. Yep. But it's it's tough because school is not all the way out yet. So school Mm -hmm. usually ends. It's a great uh, time. It is. It's and it's not crazy hot yet, but she is do a couple cheer things, I think, going on that. Just don't say it all stars sports. That's the thing with the cheer competitions. There's always some cheer dance, something even on Christmas Day. There is some sort of competition. Kids are at at the ESPN Wide World of Sports. Yep. It, same number of kids too. It's just a matter of do they play soccer or do they cheer? It it does not matter. It is three sixty five over there. That thing is printing money, and so no matter when you go, the thing about the cheer competitions is you just don't want to get in line with them. If you see them, I, we've done this. Just avoid. If they go left, you go right. Yeah, it, it can affect you, and they're never at rope drop either, um, because you know they're they got to practice. And so once practice till 11, then go to the parks, right? Mm-hmm. That's how those coaches work. Don't worry. You'll hear them coming a mile away. So if you, if I ever coach something that goes to Disney, we will rope drop. Then we will practice. Ooh, I like, eh, there we go. I like it. Yeah, I, I probably won't. Though. So to answer a question, I oh. would assume the 7th to 11th might be a pinch a better. Hair, right? Just because yeah. uh, some schools aren't, some schools do get out a little bit earlier in May. So mm-hmm. that would be my guess. But... 
honestly, between those two weeks, I don't see it being too big of a difference. Yeah. And I don't know if it's tough because I don't know what uh what's anything's being released that time. I didn't look it up either. I don't think anything exciting is happening. Yep. Um, there's Mother's Day over the seventh through eleventh. I believe the eleventh might be Mother's Day. Um, which I doesn't see an uptick in attendance. Uh, you know, people don't get work off for Mother's Day. The stuff doesn't we shut should. down. You know or what no, does the mother get busy? Should. They should. What does get busy for Mother's Day? Restaurants. So that might be the only thing. It would affect ADRs because you would have some locals coming to the resorts for dining. But yeah, well, I would I would agree. The seventh through eleventh, almost negligible though. Probably like it'd be hard to really tell. Okay. But cheer competitions. You're right, Derek. Nail on the head. Don't stay at the All-Stars. That's it, exactly. That's the only reason pop costs more, so you can separate yourself from the youth groups. Moving to Facebook questions now. Ryan Alexander asks, what style of t-shirt on Public is closest to the dry fit material? This is a great question, Ryan. I love it. Because on Public, if you search Rope Drop Radio, you will find... The Rope Drop logo shirt, the Rope Drop definition shirt, and a third shirt that may or may not ever make it back on. The coveted Rope Drop to nap time. It's not there at the moment, right? No, no, no. it is not. So to answer his question, so you click on your gender, male, female, and then there's style. And there's one, two, there's six different styles for men. And so for tri-blend t-shirt, extra soft is the closest to dry fit. And it's comfy. I like and it. I would suggest if like your shirt, you know, you wear a medium, but it's normally just little, like it's not baggy. I, I would size up in the tri-blend on Tee Public. I would not hesitate. And if you get a hooded sweatshirt, just be aware they print the logos. Massive. So they can be seen from space. Walking I don't billboard. Know I love them. Everyone who has one. Great. Keep it up. Yeah, but there you go. The tri-blend is your closest to dry fit. Um, and thank I'm, you for buying a shirt. Right? And you can get stickers and mugs. Anything that's on a shirt there, you can get on, like, a notebook. It's crazy. You can just slap it on whatever you want. So um, I, I'll i look into a, a store where we can get some true dry fit shirts because that's what I like. And it's Florida. It's hot. It is. All right. Bonnie Benson Garassi asks, how to convince a less than enthusiastic spouse to splurge on a trip? Ooh, good question. Oh, this this could be a whole I've, show. I know. Right? I've actually gotten this question. I've had friends be like, hey, can you talk to my husband about Disney and why you love it so much? Uh, how many times I've gotten that? So usually this is women wanting to convince men, right? I'd say 90% of the time, right? Yeah, we're unique. Maybe 99% of the time. So I think the first thing you talk about um, is probably the fact that there is alcohol at Disney World. And, you know, you can drink around the world. That's a good thing for a lot of guys. Wouldn't work for me because I don't drink. But for a lot of guys, right, Derek, that would be an attracting thing. I just think there's so many attractions for all ages. Uh, It's a lot of fun for a family. it's hard I for me to just understand why they wouldn't want to go. Yeah, it's really I think hard. You sell the fact that you can move at your own pace. Everybody's Disney World vacations different. Yep. 
Um, most people, they've probably had that coworker that went, came back, and said it was horrible. So your ammo to them is, well, did they listen to Rope Drop Radio as Ooh, a podcast? Like did they use a good travel agent? Did they show up at noon when the crowds all showed up? Like, did they rope? Like, so that would be your ammo is how that friend that's discouraging them went about it. And that's why most people have an unsuccessful Disney trip is they're unprepared. And then they come home and they tell their friends, it's awful, don't go. So we don't want that to happen. Um, so you can combat that a little bit with that. I would – the uh, other thing, like if you're trying to convince a guy test track, like you get to design your own vehicle – that's kind of a thing you could show. Star Wars? Them. What guy isn't into Star Wars? Right. Just Star enough Wars Star land Wars enough should and get everyone done. Ex- excited. Question answered. Galaxy's Edge. Okay, moving there on. There we go. All right. Well, JC Rademacher asks, I want to know extra magic hour strategies, specifically Hollywood Studios evening, and rope drop strategies, specifically Hollywood Studios especially if you want to do all the rides without a slinky fast pass. Well, to reiterate before, you better be on those tap styles. You got to get up That's, early. I don't even want to tell you a time because I don't know what time that is. We're talking getting there at four in the morning. See. An hour before gets you just through the security. You're not even to the ticket windows. It's insane. Like, I thought where we were at on New Year's Eve an hour before was insane. And I chalked that up to New Year's Eve, but it's the same place an hour before. Like, we've had plenty of people tag us in pictures at Hollywood Studios Rope Drop. And an hour before gets you a 60-minute wait on Slinky, maybe a 30- 45-minute wait on Rockin'. Yeah. If that's what you're in rope drop. And and thank you everyone who's tagging me right now because or sending me messages it. yeah. because it's stressing me out for my trip next week. Derek's going to get up at 5 a.m. for Is it a 9 a.m. rope drop, Derek, or 8 a.m.? Do you know? Uh, I thought it was 8, but I'm going to look. Yeah. Probably Double back. check that, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I would say two hours. Um, we'll give you a fighting chance to rope drop um, rocking. Now, evening extra magic hours, that's when you're doing slinky. Yep. Exactly. Not, yeah, you rope drop rocking Tower of Terror, then get on over to um, Star Tours, and then in the evening. Toy you Story do... kind of, you know, when uh, Toy Story Land really does open up quite a bit when the shows are happening. Mm-hmm. So Fantasmic you do the gets the kids. Yeah. Yep. You you do your Slinky Dog towards the end, Smuggler's Run towards the end. And uh, single rider line, boom, yeah, five minutes. So, there's that's how you do it all in one day, still. Um, yeah, that's all the rides, though, at yep. the moment. It's, it's you should yeah, be able I, to get everything in in a day at Hollywood Studios. I think if you're an hour and a half to two hours before rope drop, you can rope drop rockin' and then still get on tower without much of a wait after it. There we go. I might be wrong, though. It changes every day. Every every day. By the time you're hearing this, it, who knows? And March, they may have boarding they have a whole groups for everybody. Coming, so, yep, well, more boarding groups, probably. More boarding We're groups. To, that's what I hear. Boarding group just to get through security. Yep. And then a boarding group to – no, God, no. Oh. And for Starbucks coffee. Yeah. Sorry. All the Starbucks is gone for today. That was a funny tweet by Mr. Brian Flock. I like that one. All that right. Was... Chris – 
Wittery says, I'm interested in the Tambu Lounge as well. I'd be interested in hearing any experiences you guys had with kids, uh, assuming you have. I have not. I've been to Tambu Lounge. I love it, but I have not taken my kids there. I feel like I'm missing half of that question, Derek. Something I copied and pasted. I must have missed something. So the other half of the question is, is the food... Oh yeah, is the food? I remember seeing that. The same. Yeah, is it the same that you get at Tambu Lounge? Um, something like that. Man, Chris, I failed. I failed big time. I think Um, we got it all though. I remember reading. But yeah, so we've done some food from Ohana at Tambu. We did the bread pudding, right? Yep, bread pudding. It's the same. It was just as good. Comes right on over. Uh, Some of the the food looked great. Not the people next next to to us us got got the food. Everything else, right? So it's. It's not like a big bowl of food. You're it's not like, getting the buffet style. No, it's like three pot stickers and like a little skewer with like two pieces or three pieces of meat each, right? It was, I mean, it was plenty. Um, I mean, if you're not a big eater, it's a meal, right? If you need to eat all the steak, then, well, don't do it at Tambu. But uh, yeah, it was great. And I thought it was an excellent way to go about that. Now, doing it with kids? Yeah, I mean, it is a bar. If you can get a table, that'd be better. And, like, I don't know that I'd want to feed my family there by ordering this because they are more like, you know, little little dishes, tapa style type Mm -hmm. of thing. It's not cheap. No, it would add up if you're feeding a family. But for like the bread pudding was actually cheap relatively for the two of us, right? It was actually like a better deal than going and buying a Mickey bar. It was less than $5 for each of us. But uh, I I don't know about feeding kids a whole meal there. You could have a snack. You could all Well, and you can look up the menu online and make decisions from there. I've done that as well. Well, it's not really published though. We're talking about an unpublished menu, Derek. Oh, okay. Right. So, I mean, if you have like one kid or two kids, you could go and split pot stickers and split the meat thing. But just know it's probably not going to be a whole meal unless you really order it. And I don't know how many things they they have. It's tricky. It's a good question. But we we really enjoy doing that there. Like you don't want to do the whole Ohana experience but you still want a little Ohana experience. It's I plan on getting some bread pudding uh, next week for sure. Derek, we skipped a question by Bonnie. She had two. Oh, we did. Okay. Going back to Bonnie. How about fast pass strategies? If you have a party member with severe motion sickness or scaredy cats who don't do thrill rides. So if Doug is going with you, how do you strategize (laughs) that? Uh, One thing I love, Doug, is splitting up fast passes. Yeah. Uh, especially if you have a family of like four or more, one of you, two of you, you guys can split up, do different attractions. I don't think people realize that. They think everyone has to do the same thing. So I don't need to do Bell. So my wife and daughter goes Bell and my son and I will do a Buzz or something. So you can definitely split it up to get make sure everyone gets to do what they want to do. Yeah. Or just um, drag them on some of the motion sickness things because that's what I plan on doing with Doug someday. <sighs> Everest. Oh, it's happening. Oh gosh, no. Um, yeah, you just split the group if you want to, or like my family, Michelle just makes the fast pass for me, and I just sadly don't go on Everest. 
She's like, too bad, so sad. You don't get a – I mean, what else am I – I'd rather just sit there and do a live stream video on Facebook anyway while they're on there. So that's my fast pass. But you're right, Derek. Just split it up. Yep. All right. Ashley Bergman, how to maximize your time at the parks and not stay on property for a trip. So. All right. This this is a good question. So if you're staying off property, um, one thing that I've heard a lot of is, well, my hotel offers a shuttle to the park. So off property hotels will have shuttles. Yep. Um, my first tip to maximize your time at the park is don't use their shuttles because it's like one or two days. We had that with the uh, Nickelodeon yeah. hotel. It's yeah, it's not going to be convenient, nope. and it's not going to help you get there in time for any kind of rope drop. So you're either going to need to rent a car and drive to the parks. And remember, um, parking takes time. So when we say be at the park an hour early, yeah, that's not parking. We're talking about at the security, at the tap styles an hour early. So you got to factor in drive time, parking time. So be ready for leaving your room two, two and a half hours before the park opens. That would be the first thing. And Ashley, I know you, so you got a little one. I would get a car seat. Uh, we have a travel car seat, booster seat, and you can take that with you. I know uh, Madison and Olivia went. They did a lot of ride shares, and they just carried a portable booster with them and were able to do get to rope drop without so having to worry about it. So what they do with the booster while they're in the park? It just sits in a backpack. It's, okay. it's a compact uh, booster seat. So there you go. The ride shares, yeah, that's going to be the biggest thing. And then I always like to talk about rope drop to nap time. Well, when you're staying off property, there's no such thing. You're just you to maximize your park time. You're not leaving. Yep. You're you're there all day. Um, rain, shine, hot, tired, cranky, because like I said, it's a process to leave. Um, hotels will say they're one mile. They're right next to the gate. Well, yeah, you're next to the edge of property, but you got a 20 minute drive to the magic kingdom from the edge of property and there's traffic too. And, uh, yeah, it, you're, you're just there all day. Yep. And, Which is uh, not a bad thing, Doug. No. I like it. Well, I mean, you got to plan accordingly. Little kids need breaks. They need downtime. So that's how you maximize it. Just be prepared to not leave. And, uh, yeah, all right. that, I, any other ideas on maximizing park time when staying off property? No, I think you nailed it on the head. You just got to get there. Get either there drive, stupid early. Either got to drive or ride share. Those are your best options. The nice thing about driving, so like I say, you can't really take a break. Well, at three of the four parks, you can go out to your car because, right, the if you get there early, your car, you can walk to your car at the parks. So you don't have to take the tram. So you can walk back to your car. Um you know, one, you're not carrying a booster around the parks either then. But and if you want to leave, drive somewhere, you can. But just know you got to park, tram, all that stuff to get back into a park. Magic Kingdom, the reason I say you can't leave there is because you got to cross a the lake. The TTC, yep. I mean, that's 45 minutes of your time unless you time it perfect and like step onto the ferry at just the right second or the monorail. But which yeah, never Magic, happens with me. Never happens. Magic Kingdom, extra travel time for sure. It's a beast. Um, but it is what it is. It's part of the experience. Um, the first ride is before you even get in the park. All right. Two more questions. Trisha Marcella asks, 
where should we go for dinner and watch the July 4th fireworks at Magic Kingdom? I am unable to get reservations at Ohana, Narcoozies, or Cali Grill. Should we go to the park or try and watch from one of the resorts? Doug, you've been there for the 4th yes, of July. Did this it. is your question then. I would basically say if uh, you don't have one of those reservations, you're not watching from a restaurant. Um, the fireworks are impressive. They're they're great to watch from a distance and up close. The awesome thing is they do them on the 3rd and the 4th. So if you have both nights available, watch one from inside the park and the other night from outside the park. Ooh, I like that. I did that. On the 3rd, I watched from the stairwell of the Contemporary. That sounds glamorous, I know, but it worked really well from the stairwell instead of the observation deck on the 4th floor where a bunch of people were smoking. So we went up a few flights and uh, had our own little private party. And then the other night we had a dessert party and watched from inside the park in the madness. And it is madness. So if you're going to go, you're, you're going to need to find your spot a good hour and a half before if you want a halfway decent spot. The great thing about the 4th of July fireworks are they are so big that you don't have to be close to the castle. It's nice to be able to see the castle, right? That's it's why you're there. But you don't have to be right in front of it. Like there's no projections you're trying to watch like happily ever after. Somebody slightly tall stands in front of you. It's okay. You're looking up as long as tall guy doesn't put a shoulder kit on. Final question from back to the mouse himself, Mr. Joseph Kaplan. What is your recommendation for lodging if you want to maximize park time? And also what resorts if you want to maximize relaxation time? So what time? Park so, time and, park resor- time, and yeah, relaxation time. So resorts. Um, park time, would you think doing something in the middle so you have good transportation, everything, something yeah, in the Epcot like, area, the beach club, yacht club, boardwalk. That way you can walk to two of the parks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, one thing I do love is you can get to the Magic Kingdom pretty easily from Epcot, TTC, Monorail, yeah. all the way up there. Animal Kingdom, you're not too crazy far away. So that's why yeah. I like, if you look at Google Maps, look it's at the, the middle of Walt Disney World, go to the center. So, And some of the moderates are in that area as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Coronado is actually Coronado's like great. the center of yep. property. Uh, um, Caribbean Beach. Uh, yeah, with the, the Skyliner is starting to become great because there's Definitely a couple the parks. And then it's far enough to the west still that you can get to Animal Kingdom within 20 minutes. So, the Riviera, you got the Skyliner to two parks, trying to maximize park time here. And there's only like 300 rooms, and they have their own bus, and it doesn't share with anybody. So right that now, could be the win. as long as you're not sharing with Caribbean Beach, the day they get cheap on you and start sharing the Riviera with Caribbean Beach. It will Beach, happen. You've heard it here first. Better, it better not. The price you're paying at Riviera it shouldn't, shouldn't happen, right? But right now the Riviera might have some of the best bus service um, just because. Um, so that's one thing to keep in mind where Beach Club, Boardwalk, they share with Swan and Dolphin and each other. And sometimes you just – once you get on that bus, you just want to get to the park. You don't want to stop at two more resorts. Exactly. That's how I so, feel with the friendship boat sometimes. Yeah. So, and that's a nice thing too about, I think Epcot for maximizing your resort time or not resort time, your park time. How about relaxation time, Derek? Oh it's man, kind of that, that first, same area is same kind of really question. nice. That 
boardwalk. You're able to relax. You have the giant pool at Yacht and Beach Club. That's kind of yeah. relaxing. So that area is really nice. In a weird way, can't you relax at every resort? You're at Walt Disney World. Unless a cheer camp's can. going on. Joe can only relax if he's within so much distance of a Starbucks. That's true. Or on a Disney cruise ship. That's true. Very true. He loves his Disney cruise ships. So um, I thought the Riviera was the balcony I had there was very relaxing. I just watched the Skyliner come and go, come and go. And that was, that was relaxing. Um, you I said think, earlier Animal Kingdom Lodge looking at yeah, animals all day? Yeah, I watched the animals. I mean, for, when I talk about I sat there and relaxed, I'm talking about five minutes at a time. But uh, I think people that are capable of relaxing could spend hours. I think a balcony at just about any resort could work if you pay for the view. Remember, Disney has room categories. You're not going to get a great view unless you pay for that review or view. Did I say review? You're getting a view. Yeah, you're going to pay for the view. So remember that. Don't don't book standard and hope, oh, I hope I get a great view so I can sit on my balcony and relax. You pay for standard, you're going to see a dumpster and, like, the guys that are filling it. Yeah. Okay, maybe a parking lot, fine. It's well, not I mean, all... that's the McKnight special Yeah, room. I see a dumpster. Like, literally, I'm like, oh, we got upgraded to dumpster view. Happens that's every time if you stay with McKnight. Don't stay with me. Derek, I wish you luck in Ju- in June when we have a room. Uh, we'll be like the room where they're like, oh, yeah, the toilets don't work. Sorry. You have a giant pole like in the middle of the room. Yeah. The like, beds. I don't know. One of the beds is still falling off the wall. Yep. The Riviera. That will be our room. That will be. There's it's a hammock. My... It's just a hammock. One hammock. All right. That's it. We got through all the questions that I think we wrote down. I'm sure we missed a couple um, so if we did miss one of yours, hit us up on Messenger or uh, Twitter, anything, email, we'll answer it for you. Or become a Patreon and we'll answer it even faster. Yeah, you yeah. ask on Patreon. I'm usually pretty quick. Yep. Usually. Usually. My phone did something weird, though. I got a bunch of Patreon stuff all at once the other day and was like, well, this is hours ago. I was mad at the app. I yelled at it out loud. My I'm kids questioned what I was doing. Okay. All right. All right. Well, first off, thank you guys so much for answering or asking questions so we could answer them. We love doing this. Hopefully we gave some good information. But you want to know the best information to get, Doug? What is that? You get it from Michelle McKnight when you book a trip with her. And that she can answer all of your questions and help you plan the perfect trips, help you with those ADRs. Uh, and help you with all the stuff. She is the Jedi Master, truly, of park planning, and that's why we go with her for every trip. So her email is in the show notes. Click that. Get a quote for 2020. I think every one of you guys who asked a question today needs to make sure you go in 2020. When you do, tag us on all the social medias, and we'd love to live vicariously through your trips. Ooh, and they need shirts, Doug. Make sure you get Rope Drop Radio shirts, too. Yeah, and Tri-Blend. Yeah, there we go. So uh, that will be in our uh, show notes as well. And it's on our website, www.robedroppers.com. But that is all the time that we have. We got to do a post show. We're going to be talking about my trip coming up. Uh, I'll be there in a week. And a little teaser, we have a really big guest coming on next week. We do. Like, should we tease it a little more? I'm not going to say who it is. Derek. No, I think just that. No, but there's one little spark. Ooh, wow. That was too much. Too Well, was yeah, it? yeah, it may, oh, may have been, but we'll oh. keep it in there. Whoever's listening to the last minute of the show will have a, a good clue. So All two people. 
All right. Well, thank you so much. Be sure to uh, subscribe, give us a review, follow us on all the social medias at Rope Drop Radio. But for Doug, I'm Derek. You've been listening to Rope Drop Radio.